Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast, episode number 15. I'm Brooke McCallery and uh, I'm your host. I'll be your host today. <laughs> I'll be your co-host. It's my husband, Ben. Keep, <laughs> keep him around for the laughs. <laughs> we know it's true. Yes. Um, so I'm glad, I'm really glad that you've joined us today. But today we've got a fantastic conversation that I had with a woman named Kristen Ottaway from, um, uh, she runs a business called Inspired Living Events. She's a Australian lady. And uh, yeah, we really hit it off. I think, um, you know, you accuse me of saying this every episode. <laughs> Could have spoken to her for hours. Yeah, I do say that. I'm sorry, but it's true. Yeah. Uh, so she's she's a really top lady, um, and we kind of get into quite a few different things. But her story is one that I think people will find inspiring. She over the last couple of years, her and her husband have turned their life around completely. Um, you know, they've gotten out of debt. They're living mortgage free. They um, have completely changed their health and their their you know, the way they live and their, their mindset. Um, they've downsized and she's launched her own business. So it's, you know, and this has all kind of come from a desire to slow down uh, and get out of the rat race, simplify and really focus on what's important, which for her is health. And Am I right in saying that she came to this that slow minimalism type movement after she'd already done it? Or yeah, so yeah, sort of. She she had already started making changes, uh, and I don't want to give too much away, but she'd already started making changes, and then you know something happened. She was exposed to um, an idea, and then kind of discovered that that's where she was heading. So I think that a lot of your listeners probably will, can relate to that. In, you know, you make a self discovery, but then you you find out that there's this big movement behind it, and people in the network that can help you. Take it further. Exactly. Yeah. And that's not dissimilar to my story as well. You no, know. no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, she has uh, some really interesting and very good um, recommendations for documentaries to watch for people who are looking to, you know, change the way they're living. She, that, and that's part of what her business is. She puts on documentary screenings. So, um, listen towards the end for that. And um, hope, um, we've hopefully captured most of those and put them in the sh- in the show notes so the show notes for this episode will be uh forward slash 17 you know the rest um a word from our sponsors today's show is sponsored by uh, audible.com where you can get your hands on or your ears on your ears on 180,000 uh, audiobooks and other audio products. So if you... That'd cost a lot of money getting 180 of them. We can probably keep Cam for one. Yeah, I think we can We can put him for one. Um, so if you head over to audibletrial.com slash slow, you can get yourself a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial of Audible. Uh, this week's recommendation is... Uh, Tina Fey's Bossy Pants, one of my favourites, her and Amy Poehler. And um, Bossy Pants is awesome. It's very funny. Maybe not entirely safe for young children's ears, but very funny and inspiring and uh, definitely well worth a listen. And um, you can grab that if you head to audibletrial.com slash slow. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Kristen. 
Hi. How are you? Very well, thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for uh, for joining me. No, thank you. This is this is fun. You've um, listening to your podcast has really got me thinking about slower, simpler, more mindful living. It's it's really exciting. Oh, awesome. I'm I'm really glad to hear it. <laughs> Um, so I, I really love the work that you're doing. You know, um, I've been reading a lot about you and the events that you run and um, some of the philosophy behind it. But basically, you you run events that are designed to inspire people, you know, to live healthier or more intentional or um, you know more inspired lives. And you've got a really heavy focus on uh, health and the environment. So have you uh, always been health and environmentally conscious, or is that kind of a new thing for you? I, I think I always have been at least a little bit, but you know, I did follow the standard path in my twenties and party and drink, and I, I actually thought I was quite healthy. Mm-hmm. But um, in actual fact, I was suffering with terrible irritable bowel syndrome for about fifteen years, and I'd been to doctors so many times and sort of just been told that that was normal and I had to live with it. And um, it wasn't actually until a friend handed me a copy of a book called No Impact Man, which is about a New York family who live for a year in New York trying to have absolutely no impact on the environment, that I started to sort of wake up and um, it just made me question so many things about our world and, and what's happening in it that it sort of awakened a thirst for knowledge in me. Mm. So I started devouring book after book and documentary after documentary and and every time I watched one, I just wanted to share it with as many people as possible. Like, why why don't people know this stuff? <laughs> why isn't this mainstream and how have I been living under a rock all this time? So that that's where it really started it and since then... Um, and that was about three years ago, my friend gave me that book. My life has transformed completely. Yeah, I mean, so you've told me uh, briefly about, I mean, you've made massive changes over those those past few years, which I really do want to kind of dig into because I think a lot of people listening, that's the sort of stuff that they want to know, you know, the changes and how you go about making them. Mm-hmm. Um, but so when when you got that that no impact man the copy of that which I will link to in the uh, the show notes for people who would like to to read it um, what what was the biggest kind of shock or takeaway from that and 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 what was the first step you took to make changes Oh gosh I I don't even I I still remember reading it I remember reading it on the bus to work and just. I don't even know what it was specifically, but I think some of the stuff they talked about in terms of what's been put into our food, what's been done to our food, that um, I really had no no knowledge of. I didn't mm. I did not realise that that's what really shocked me. And um, so, what was the second part? What, what? Uh, and then, kind of the first changes that you started to make as a oh. result. I started looking at buying organic food and really thinking about what I was putting in my body. That was the biggest biggest first step for me. Right. Mm. And so, I mean, before that, before you, your friend gave you that, that book and everything changed, you said, you, so you've been unwell. Were you sort of living a, a 
stressful life, like, you know, the more typical kind of rush, rush, hurry, hurry kind of life that people, uh, you know, find themselves in, particularly in their 20s and early 30s before, I don't know, a lot of us kind of come to some sort of realisation. Usually it's either a, a mental or a health crisis that kind of snaps us into a different way of thinking. But was your life kind of a, you know, pretty typical in that regard? Were you stressed and busy and struggling? And Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I was working pretty high-pressure job. Um, and for me, when I look at back at it now, it was actually more, more so than stress. It was just unconscious, mm. you know, my decisions, my life, the direction I was going in, it wasn't conscious. I was just going with the flow, doing what I thought I needed to do, you know, striving to the next step in my corporate job, going out and, and just, yeah, not making very conscious decisions, being hungover, you know, <laughs> drinking <laughs> and doing that to my body. And, and now it's just I'm so much more conscious. Conscious is such a great word, actually. I mean, because we use it a lot. Like I use it, you know, I used it earlier in the introduction that you live a health and environmentally conscious life. But I don't know how often I stop and think about what it actually means because unconscious it's you know that's quite a brutal thing like if we're doing things unconsciously we're just not even thinking about it and i think that's such a good way to describe how how many of us do many things in life because it's either habit or you know it's what society expects or what we think society expects or because that's what we've always done that's what we'll always do so yeah like kind of that wake up it's it's huge yeah it really is and the amount of things I, I realise now that I just went along with and didn't question, mm. you know, like you just go, oh, that's just the way it is, even though, you know, deep down that something just doesn't feel right, you know, when you when you think about it. Yeah. But that's what that's kind of what my life was like then, yeah, just, just very unconscious. And um, we will dive into the changes that you made and how you made them in a sec, but how is life better now? Well, well, I mean, I've still got stresses, but at least now I just feel, I feel so much more alive. Like I really do. And things don't rattle me as much. You know, I, I really accept that this is my life and that everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be. You know, I, I really embrace that concept. Mm. And I've also, through this business I've created, I've surrounded myself with like-minded people. And to me, that, that's what my business is all about. And that's what makes the real difference in someone's life. I've, you know, a lot of the people I thought were my friends in my old life, I don't really see anymore. And I've got a whole new community of people that, you know, make me feel great mm. that think like I do and we have conversations about real things you know rather than the weather and what this person did on the weekend or what this person did or didn't do you know that kind of thing and, and that's the biggest thing for me it's those like-minded people in that community I think you're maybe the fourth or fifth guest in the last little while who's brought up this idea of community and how important yeah. it is. Um, and it's just, you know, it's something that I've kind of always understood as being important but never really 
consciously thought about how important it was in in creating you know a life that's more intentional or a life that's slower or you know whatever it is that you kind of want to work towards having those people around you and having that support and the ability to kind of talk about things in depth rather than feel kind of ashamed or like you're going to be judged for being weird or um you know to have that kind of support network is hugely important and um i I just find it really interesting that so many people when i'm interviewing them for the show keep talking about community and i think i don't know i think do you think that our particularly over the last 10 years or so i think as everything has moved to digital Mm -hmm. communication we kind of community got a little bit lost in there and I feel like community is the thing that's that's going to bring us back to kind of a, a place of balance do you think that that's that's something that's happening absolutely absolutely I think you know it we have moved everything online you know people are so lonely you only have to look at the suicide rates in our society now I mean it's it's insane. Mm. People are so disconnected from each other. And I think it's the heart of so many of the problems that we're facing as a society. And, you know, just becoming aware of that, that's, I've created new parts of my business, like a, a group for health and wellness entrepreneurs, where we all come together, you know, in person, not only, not just online, but in person, and, you know, several times a month. And, the difference that it's making in in my life and their lives is astounding. We need each other and there's so much power in connecting. I think we've we've forgotten that as a society. Absolutely. I mean, I'm someone who's fairly introverted in my natural state and for a long time struggled with, you know, confidence and that kind of thing. So I would not put myself in the situation where I would have to, you know, be a part of a community. It was safer to not be. But when I started putting myself out there, even just in very small ways, you know, I might attend a conference or go and have a cup of coffee with somebody and it was just a revelation, you know. It's, it's not about going out and making, you know, best friends for life kind of thing every, every time you go out, but just to be able to, to chat with someone who gets it, someone who's like-minded, is, it's really, yeah, I, I can't overstate the, the importance of that, even if it's, it's occasional, you know. Yeah, so it sounds like that's been your experience too. Yeah, absolutely. That's and and that's why I say, you know, I didn't actually start out with that as the key goal for my for my business, but I realised along the way that that was the the biggest thing that I was providing for people, mm, and that's what people it's, need. Exactly, yeah. that's a community of like minded people, because so many of them, you know, so many of the people who come to my film nights and things work in the corporate world and they're surrounded by people who are smokers and drink their coffees and and go out and, and write themselves off and, you know, are unhealthy and they want to be healthy. They recognise that they want to be healthy. They want to live a different kind of life but they feel like freaks <laughs> within their community and if they start to talk about it, people look at them like they've got two heads. Exactly. And that's something that I, I know 
people ask me about a lot too, saying well, my family doesn't get it. You know, if, mm-hmm. if in in some instances it's it's wanting to simplify or become a minimalist or whatever it is, slow right down and say no to things, that kind of stuff. And they're like, but my friends and family don't get it. You know, what can I do? I'm like, well, you know, first of all, connect with people who do get it because it, that makes you feel like you're not a freak. And <laughs> um, you know, and focus on why you're doing it and the reason for doing it, and kind of find your strengths from there rather than external validation but having that support network is huge massive yeah yeah absolutely so you said something really interesting uh before i hit record <laughs> you said to me well i don't like why are you why are you asking me you know to be on the show i don't live a slow life mm-hmm. uh, and then uh you, but you followed that up by saying you know i've been thinking about it over the past couple of weeks and it turns out i kind of i do but it's not what i imagined that a slow life look like when I, I first started thinking about it so I mean did you kind of when when is your initial perception of slow living or simple living kind of you know obviously not what your life looks like but what did you think it was oh I guess it just brought up an image of um definitely way less stuff you know smaller house less cleaning more time out in the sun playing with your family and you know, that kind of very, very simple thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess the furthest thing, I start thinking about like an Amish community or something. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people think that, you know, when I talk about slow living or simple living, oh, well, but I don't want to live in the country and, you know, sit around <laughs> by a fireplace and knit all day and like, <laughs> that's not what I want. And, you know, I think it's been really interesting the past few shows I've been able to talk to people who have completely different lifestyles um you know there was carl honore and i've got another woman coming up soon whose family lived in a bus and you know all of those things they're slow but they're not they're not what people necessarily expect when you talk about it so um you know and then you said that you were thinking about the way that you live your life and you you think well yeah kind of is slow so what do you um identify with in, in your life, even though, you, you know, you run a business and you're busy and you've got a young family, how is your life a slower pace life? Well, I think for me it's, it's more about that it's a life of my choosing now. It's a conscious life mm-hmm. rather than just going with the flow and, um, you know, feeling that, I mean, we used to have the, the four-bedroom house and the big mortgage and, you know, everything that society sort of says that you need, all that stuff that went along with it. But um, when you when you really think about it and realise that that stuff doesn't bring you any happiness and you end up cleaning the house all weekend, which is what I used to spend a lot of time doing, um, now we've downsized dramatically. Like we moved in with my parents for 12 months and we've just moved out into a rental, so there's no more mortgage, which is a lot less stress. We've sold uh, a lot of our stuff, a lot of our stuff, mm-hmm. so there's nowhere near as much time spent cleaning. And I work from home, which is lovely, so there's no more time commuting. I do have a lot more time. Um, yeah, I think that's... Does that answer your question? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking they are they're massive changes to have made in what, three years or so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're huge. So first of all, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's obviously a huge amount of work and, and 
like just priority changes and and shifts that go into that. Like that's that's not a quick change or an easy change yeah. to make. Um, And the second thing that strikes me is I think a lot of people would be listening to it and think they probably think two things. I mean, that sounds amazing. And (laughs) I could never do that because it sounds too big a job. Like I think, um, so did you make all these changes gradually? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know exactly what you're saying there because I'm, I always suffer with that feeling of overwhelm when you look at the big picture and you look at where you want to go and, you know, it's scary. It feels like it's just too big. But I recently sort of adopted the attitude that, you know, we'll get there. Just It's one step at a time, you know, and everything is exactly how it's meant to be right now. Everything that happens is just part of this journey. And the only thing you can really concentrate on is the step that you're taking right now. Everything else will come. And if the path changes, that's the other thing that I've become really, really open to now is this concept of, of what I heard someone term following the breadcrumbs. Hmm. And, you know, I may have some idea of, of where I want my life to go, but I'm really also just open to where life, ta- where the universe takes me. And I've changed direction many times along that journey. And every time it's been just because I've been listening and watching for the signs and it's turned out that that step that I didn't, you know, I mightn't have taken otherwise, it was the right thing. It was always the right thing. So, I, I mean, what I'm hearing you say is basically you're living your life completely present. Like you're, you're paying attention to what feels right and to what feels right for the people around you but also, uh, you know, in the, the, the direction to take and the steps to take. Like it's, it's a more a matter of like you say, listening, saying, well, what needs, what, what, what am I hearing or what am I feeling that needs to change now? And then working on that. And then, you know, there's that, it's an old saying, which I'm sure I will butcher. Like you, you, you can't light the entire path, but you can light the step in front of you, that kind of thing. So you can see maybe a step or two in front of you and then you take that step and then the next step becomes obvious. Uh, so is that kind of the approach that you've taken in making all those changes? That's exactly the, the approach that I'm taking. Mm. Yeah, and every time I feel that sense of overwhelm threatening to overtake me, that's where I go back to. Just take this step, this step right now, and then we'll see what happens. It's such a good piece of advice. <laughs> so good because, you know, I'm, I'm I personally often contacted by people saying, I, for example, I want to simplify my home or, you know, declutter or whatever, but I don't know, I don't know where to start. Like I don't I, – I cannot – focus on one place to start you don't have to you don't have to even you you don't have to get that specific about it you just turn around and you look at a space and you pick a space and you work on that and once that's finished then you worry about what's next you you actually can't worrying about the next 10 steps isn't going to help in any way it's going to just kind of freeze you in place because of you know paralysis analysis analysis paralysis or whatever they call it yeah. but, you know <laughs> so um yeah i'm i'm with you 100 it's just just start somewhere and just trust that the next step will become apparent yeah that's yeah. exactly right so um your your current house how much smaller is it than the four-bedroom place that you were living in Oh, well, it's a three-bedroom sort of unit, mm-hmm. but um, it's got a big garage space, which is awesome because I've turned it into my office. I'm so excited to have an office <laughs> and not be working at the dining table anymore. 
And we're actually just about to have another baby. Oh, are you? Yeah. Congratulations. I'm 37 weeks pregnant. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, very excited. Oh, that's lovely. That's really exciting. Um, and are you expecting... Are you expecting big changes with baby number two or are you feeling relaxed about it? I'm feeling pretty relaxed about it. I um, the One of the things that's amazed me most about this business I've created is that it resonates so strongly with people. I have people that actually want to work for me for free. Wow. And that's just blown me away. I have a beautiful girl who comes and works for me. And um, she's going to start doing some more. I will actually be paying her a bit <laughs> um, when this baby's born. So she's just a lifesaver. That's perfect. That's yeah. fantastic. And that's when you know you're doing something really worthwhile and powerful, isn't it? I when know. People, like, I just want to be involved. I know. And I have um, plenty of people that are always wanting to volunteer at the events as well, which is just wonderful. Oh, that's so good. Mm. Um, so tell me a bit more about the events. I know that you... You run film nights and screen documentaries. Um, are they focused on health and well-being and the environment, or are they more sort of broader than that? Or well, the, the criteria I apply is health, happiness, and sustainability. Mm-hmm. So anything that relates to those. And the funny thing also about that is I don't feel like I actually choose the films anymore. They choose me. Right. You know, it's. someone suggests it comes up in conversation or something happens in my own life and I realize we need a film about that so um yeah it's it's that's been really beautiful (laughs) it's such a um an awesome positive community building thing to do as well you know get people Mm -hmm. together who are either interested in finding out about it or passionate about a particular thing and sit down and experience something together yeah um what are your what what are some of the best documentaries you've seen in the last year or two? Oh well, I've realised I've really connected with the. We started showing quite a lot of documentaries about food and health and and some very specific environmental ones like Bagot. Um, but then we've sort of moved a bit more into the realm of the spiritual and um, emotional type films, mm-hmm. which. I've realised underpin everything, you know, if you're going to make any changes to your health or the way that you live, you first have to look at your your psyche, your emotions, that kind of thing because that sets up the foundation for everything. So some of the best ones have been emotion um, and the power of the heart, which we recently showed, which is really all about um, how you know, listening to our heart, our heart is actually much more powerful than our brain. It's a beautiful film. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and I think I'm with you 100% on if, if you don't know why you want to make these changes, if you're not kind of connected to a deeper reason, it's really hard to make long-standing changes, I find. I mean, I uh, often kind of encourage people to sit down and work out their why before they start simplifying or slowing mm-hmm. down because if you don't have that in place it's really hard to stay motivated when things get difficult you know exactly. so if you if you're not switched on to the emotion as you say um or, or really mindful of of what you're trying to achieve in terms of how you want yourself to feel and how you want your life to to be it's um it's really difficult to make 
yeah, long long term changes. Um, would you recommend any particular film for people who are just starting in uh, you know starting down the path of changing the way they live? Mm. Oh, let me think. Sorry, um, I put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, there's so many. I think we've run nearly twenty film nights now. Oh, wow. Um, but I think yeah. The one that seems to resonate the most with people, definitely emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a lot of it's filmed in Brisbane, actually, which is oh, pretty wow. cool. Uh, I'm about to show one called This Way of Life, which I think will would actually really resonate with people following your podcast. Okay. Because it's about a family in New Zealand who really who live a very simple life, who, you know, it's – their life is about family, love, and horses. You know, there's no rushing to work. It's it, They kill their own meat. They live off the land. And the way they raise their children, for any, any parent, I think it's one of the best parenting sort of films I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'll, have to, uh, I'll have to check it out, even just for me personally. It sounds really interesting. There's a line in it that I just love, which was about um, he sort of talks about his own childhood and how his stepfather always said to him that he owes him. You know, as a child, the child owes the parent because the parent does so much. But then he says, actually, no, I owe everything to my children. Hmm. I'm getting all emotional just about thinking about that, John. But um, it's, it's beautiful. And he says... Yeah, he just appreciates his children like like nothing else. Wow. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Oh, I'm going to check that out. Is, <laughs> is there any way that I can um, – Can I, is that something that I can, like, buy online? Do you know? Uh, they have I'm a distributor not, or – I'm not sure if that one's – a lot of the films you can watch through, um, like, Yakra. Okay. Um, I'm not sure about that one. I have to check it out for you. That's all right. I'll um, I'll I'll check it out and pop it in the show notes if people can, because I think that sounds like something that we would definitely be uh, very yeah. interested in. Yeah. Oh, and I'm going to tell you about one more. Yeah. <laughs> Another one that I'm about to show you called "I'm Fine, Thanks," which is oh, is this Adam Baker's one? Oh, oh, I think his name's Grant. Oh, okay. It's he's American. Right. Okay. It's about a, a bunch of them that go on a trip basically interviewing people who are living complacent lives. Cool. Well, what I would term unconscious lives and um, about the changes they made mm-hmm. to, to live more consciously. Yeah. Oh, I've definitely heard about it. It might not be the one I'm thinking of, but, um, yeah, the, the, the title certainly rings a bell. That sounds great. Yeah, there's a lot more of those type of films coming out on Finding because, like you said, I think there's such a – a disconnect we've lost that community and people know it you know they know that there's something wrong with the way that we're living Mm. yeah i think the power of storytelling is really something that people are connecting with as well you know and particularly like personal stories and small stories from everyday people not necessarily big epic sagas but just quiet stories of people doing their thing I think that's what people really do connect with. And I think that probably speaks back into what we were saying before, that there's a lack of community of like-minded people to, to tap into. So when we find something, a story that resonates or a way of life that people are living that we kind of connect with, it feels really important. 
Um, yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. So, are you finding um, the uh, the interest in the the film nights growing? Yeah, absolutely, mm. absolutely. We generally get uh, over a hundred people. Wow, at film night now. Yeah, which is really exciting, um, and they love it. You know, we get the same people coming back again and again, and um, new people finding out about us all the time, which is nice. Mm, that's awesome. So are they only in Brisbane at the moment? At the moment. We did run a couple in Townsville and the Sunshine Coast. Okay. But um, just in terms of, of my stress levels as well. Absolutely. <laughs> decided to scale it back and really stick to the Brisbane area and, and, you know, have the most impact on this community here for the time being. Yeah, I think that's um, – uh, and that, that speaks perfectly to your <laughs> entire philosophy in life as well, like – why make it bigger than it needs to be because you're having such an impact with the people around you. So, Yeah, that's right. So the last thing I wanted to ask you about, um, the events that you run, they're, you, you, you strive to be zero waste. So you try to produce yes. very little, if, not, if not, no rubbish, um, which I find is awesome because I've been to a lot of events and I don't know how you would even begin to structure an <laughs> event around that. I think that's amazing. Uh, but if zero waste is something that, well, reducing waste, let's say, is something that I know a lot of people are interested in, what would you um, suggest people start with if they want to reduce their waste at home? Again, I'm sorry, this is a completely out of the blue <laughs> question. So, <laughs> oh, It's actually something I'm really passionate about, um, especially with with events because I've been to so many events and I've just I've wanted to cry mm-hmm. at the amount of waste I've seen. I mean, events where people are taking five paper cups each, you know, where they could have been given one cup and, and washed it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just think getting back to basics, like actually thinking about the way our grandparents did things before this convenience age, you know, I don't believe in, in plastic or paper plates or cups. I think it's just that's just frivolous. Mm-hmm. I believe in, you know, using crockery and actually washing it up. And, yeah, I know people don't want to have to do all the washing up themselves at the end of the day, but that's where you go, hey, can someone help me? (laughs) You know? Bring it back to community. Exactly. You band a few people together. You know, that's at my events. I've never had a a shortage of people willing to help. You know, I'll give them a free ticket in exchange for washing up. Yeah. The same at our, at our retreats as well. We don't use any plastic or paper. There's nothing to be thrown in the bin. And it's just a matter of getting your head around it, mm. I think, because we automatically go. Like we have exhibitors come along and they want to give people a, a taste test of something and automatically they go to a, a, get a plastic cup, you know. And instead we go, no, no, wait, <laughs> Just use a glass yeah. and we'll wash them up for you at the end. I just think there are so many simple solutions that we overlook because we firstly go to convenience, you know, but yeah. when you when you look at it, it's not that hard to do something different and not create that waste. I think it's just exactly, as you say, battling that head that, that mindset of convenience and not wanting to, you know, I've had some really interesting conversations with people who, uh, you know, they they just by habit, you know, they, they'll use 
paper plates or plastic plates or whatever uh, at the end of the day because they're just too tired to wash up or mm-hmm. uh, and it's just a matter of switching headspace and saying well if I if I know that I have to wash up for my family it takes maybe 10 minutes extra um, yeah so there's I guess it's the same as most things there is no magic magic bullet is there? there's no magic pill that makes it happen it's a matter of choosing you know choosing to prioritize yeah that's less waste and then uh you know than convenience and i think when you when you read enough and you watch enough and you become quite passionate about these things mm-hmm. like to me paper plates and that is is just not an option at all you know i, I just i would feel terrible about doing that mm. so i'll always find a way around it I think that's it. When you've got your, your priority set, when you know what's important to you, you, you find a way. <laughs> if there's something that's just not, it's not an option, then it's not an option. So you, you get creative or you do something else, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, that's fantastic. Um, thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's been. Oh, thank you. This has been fun. It has. It has. I know. I feel like I could sit and talk to you for another two hours. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but good luck with, with the baby coming in a few weeks. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very excited to meet her. We're having another little girl. Oh, congratulations. That's Thank so exciting. You. It's uh yeah, two's wonderful. Going from uh from one to two's. Yeah, it's lovely. What's the age group age uh difference? 3 years. Okay. Yeah, almost okay. exactly. Hopefully they don't have the same birth. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd never forget it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um well, yeah, in- enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Awesome. Thanks so much, Brooke. Thanks, Christine. This has been another episode of the Slow Home Podcast. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe via iTunes and leave us a rating or a review. Thanks for listening.